The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. I like it up there. You know, every t- each time I come up there, I find another little uh, nook and cranny. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a neat little. I like it. It's a neat little town. It's got a good. It, it seems. I don't know. Is it more? You'd know much more than me. Is it because it's the time of year, to, or is it pandemic, or what? But it seemed that there was because I hadn't been up there since I moved her in for college, so that was August, mm-hmm. and it sure seemed that there was a lot fewer uh, homeless people on the streets. I mean, there were still some, but you know, in August, I was like, wow, there's like. Wow, <laughs> there's a lot down here on the river. I mean, we still saw some, and I know it's colder, so I don't know if they just got better. Is there better shelter for some of these folks? Or they... no, no, no. There's there are more. They've pushed them all out of Midtown, so there are several other places like along the river. Oh, I got where you. They've ended up and everything like that, and so and so pretty much. Like if you're used to seeing them downtown, it's like, oh, hey, this, uh, there's, there isn't anybody here. It's, you know, it's, uh, oh, it's fixed. It's all better and everything like that. But then if you go around other places there, you know, that's, that's where everybody is, has gone to. It's kind of like, oh, I've never seen anybody. I've never seen people here before. I've never seen people here. And, you know, there's some, like I said, like some parts, some uh, encampment places or whatever like that, where, um, most of them, most of them have been, and I think one of them just got cleaned out yeah. last weekend or something like that. And they're just pushing, trying to just push keep, everybody push them away. Yeah, just further out and further out. I think one of the convention centers um, downtown at the beginning of the pandemic opened up as a temporary shelter, especially since a lot of the like daily motels, right, like have been been bought up and are getting ter- torn down and stuff like that too. So that's more people who are getting you know kicked out is what I think a lot of it is. Yeah, I uh, I they did a similar thing down here as well. The city of Las Vegas said no more homelessness, so they just did the same thing and just you know. The city of Las Vegas is not what people really think it is. Like yeah. none of the casinos are actually in the city limits. That's a, so the small city has pushed them all out. So now same thing. They're just um, you know a, a lot of them hanging out in the the flood washes, which is mm-hmm. all good until it gets cloudy, and then it's pretty sketchy. <laughs> but you know, I mean, they've done the same. We've seen a lot of them. We've seen a lot of them come by our restaurant because our restaurants um, at the very end of well near the very end of one of the bus lines. So they you know they get on the bus, they just take it as far as they can go, and then we see them walking around down here. Which it's uh, you know there's like really no place for them to go down here. But I think that I think similarly, I think they're you know not hiding out and they're trying to find a place to survive. And I mean a place on you know golf courses and so on because yeah. it's uh, not a whole lot of activity you know after dusk till dawn at least. Who knows? We'll put that on our next problem of things we gotta fix. Next, next problem on our list of things we gotta fix. Welcome to season seven, episode eleven of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog. I'm your host, Brandon Paloma. Each episode, I go track by track with a guest through every album, soundtrack, single, and B-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon today talking about the song Green Disease with guest Bob Remington. Welcome back, Bob. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Always a good time. Of course. As long as you're willing to talk to me, I'm willing to talk to you. We can do that. We can we we can talk about <laughs> greed and sickness and disease and have a good old time. Oh yeah, fun, fun, fun. 
We got this Ed song, wrote the music and lyrics. Uh, first time they played it was at the September 23rd House of Blues show, uh, which was also the first uh, show that they played with uh, Boom. And that was the show that didn't have Stone at it, right? Nope. Yeah, I think they had a cardboard cut out of him or something like that. Yeah, something like he was he had a prior commitment and yeah, they, so they brought Boom in, Boom in place of Stone, but not in place of <laughs> Let's see. I, I I listen to this song a lot, and I I don't know. Do you do you do you know what it's about? <laughs> I mean, is there a uh, is there a message in this song at all? I can't really figure. Yeah, it out. there do, there there does <laughs> seem to be. Uh, it's not about uh, hypochronic anemia, which was known as the green sickness. I know that. Um, but oh. it's uh, yeah. No, it, it, the the funny thing about this song is, and I may have told you of this in a prior conversation. Quick tangent here. I, for the longest time, I always, when a Pearl Jam record would come out, you know, I'd sort of follow along with the liner notes and maybe read the lyrics, but I always kind of just, for me, Ed's voice was just another instrument. And so the way that everything would just go together, I just listened to it like that. I didn't necessarily care about the lyrics. I know it sounds weird for people that are huge Pearl Jam fans, like, how can you not care about the lyrics? And I just didn't. But this song came out and he's spelling GR. E E D, and I'm like, the song's called Green Disease. So I pull out the liner notes because I'm like, he, where's the N, right? Because I'm thinking he's going to spell that green disease, you know, G R E E N D, whatever. So then I started reading, and I'm like, oh, oh, there's a whole, me- yeah, there's a whole message here. Uh, I get it. <laughs> Certainly, you know, he has said many times, you know, the song is obviously about greed. And, you know, when I was doing the putting stuff together to talk to you about it, I thought greed's a, it's kind of a weird, like what is, you know, what's the difference between greed and just wanting more? You know, it's okay to want, you know, it's okay to want some more money. It's okay to want, you know, nicer clothes once in a while. It's okay to want, but then I think the difference between desire and greed, you know, greed is obviously, well, I say obviously, to me it's obvious when it's at the expense of, of others, uh, you know, and, and when you're, not to bring up the national nightmare, we just sort of, some of us survive, but interesting, you know, how appropriate this song is for maybe some of the last four years of our life, but it's been going on longer than that in the corporate world. I mean, I think he, I don't know what triggered him to write this, but I know this was, um, I think the Enron scandal had been happening right then. There's a lot mm-hmm. of corporate BS going on. I know that he's, Ed's dedicated the song to Bill Gates before, but I think that Bill Gates and Ed have patched up now because Bill Gates seems to give a lot of money away. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but I don't know at the time, you know, if there was friction there, feeling like he wasn't doing enough. But So you asked me 10 minutes ago what the song is about. It's about greed, Brandon. The song <laughs> is about greed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that there's a, there was a, um, an interview with the onion, um, where Ed talks about the song. <laughs> right. Are you, are you <laughs> do you know the interview or you're just laughing because it was, it was the onion. So you think it's kind of like, Oh, it's yeah, no, I'm laughing because of the onion. I don't know the interview, but I love, you know, I love the onion. It was, it was one of the serious things, you know, not, not oh, really? the, uh, yeah, not, not the fake funny 
<laughs> sort of things at the onion does. Right. Or maybe maybe it's the AV club or something like that, which is you know under the onion or whatever. Right. But uh, um, he said uh, there's a song called Green Disease. Sometimes I hear news about the huge dollars involved with CEO pay and corporate management salaries, and I'm mystified at how someone can justify taking that much at the cost of other people's livelihoods. In a bizarre way, I'm almost kind of curious, like how can they absolve themselves and enjoy their wealth? I don't understand it. By the end of the song, it's saying, can you see this world with your heart and not your brain or something like that? Some of this stuff comes from being in a touring band and actually that actually stays in some of the nicer hotels. You see some of the wealth being thrown around firsthand and you're like, my God, I guess it comes down to the art of the deal. We apply our creativity towards art and music and a few other things. For them, the excitement is the art of the deal. I just don't understand. If they see numbers that represent people, how can they somehow skirt around that and morally justify taking or ruining those lives and leaving them with nothing? That, to me, is a violent crime. It's certainly more violent than selling grams of pot to other adults. Right. <laughs> that, that's, that is, uh, yeah, that's the true message there. You know, you... When you started out the uh, episode, you know, and you mentioned that, you know, words and music and everything were by Ed, I, you know, I found that too. And I thought, I was surprised actually, because I thought I, this seemed like a Matt Cameron song, just mm -hmm. the, the, you know, the way it starts out and, you know, with that drum and then the bass line by Jeff, I was, I mean, you know, the words, I can see Ed writing the words for sure, but I, I really was, I thought this was a Matt Cameron music song, but, uh, but I was wrong. No, yeah, it is, it is a real sort of punky sort of, just mostly straightforward sort of kind of easy songs like okay i could see ed doing it or maybe like uh or maybe even jeff uh too like he has some of those kind of punk sort of songs it's yeah it's very sort of you know without the keyboards very kind of new wavy sort of like uh kind of like you know devo oingo boingo kinks kind of just yeah quick quick sound yeah i think a pearl jam 20 they see that it's uh it sounds like the split ends or something oh split ends sure yeah, they're the ones that do uh, I Got You when he does that daughter tag. That's uh, Split Ends. Yeah, that's yeah, that makes sense. That sounds a lot like Split Ends, actually. Yeah. His, uh, history Never Repeats. I think uh, I Got You is Hunters and Collectors. I just made that mistake. Darn it. I think. Darn it. Well. <laughs> all right, let, me, let, me, let me check. Uh, that's all good. But, you know, so the song being about greed you know are you familiar with the scott steps con uh, conspiracy theorists out there uh <laughs> who think that sometimes the song's about creed oh uh, no you're not so there's truth to this so i did i heard about this and i did uh i did a little research and in 2003 uh there's actually three shows where ed changes the lyrics because the, you know there's the lyric there's a stowaway with my throat he's deceiving don't believe him well there's Three shows, one in April uh, in Charlotte, one in Chicago, and one in Buffalo, all that same year, April 16th. And Ed says, there's a stowaway with my throat. He's deceiving. His band's called Creed. And at the end, he actually spells C-R-E-E-D instead of G-R-E-E-D. So three shows, uh, he proved the Scott Stapp conspiracy theorist right. And the song was actually about <laughs> Creed, not Greed.
I looked it up. You were right. It is uh, it is split ends. Who does I got you? So I'll make sure I edit that out, and uh, you're all, <laughs> you're all correct. <laughs> Boy, I was I was I know I for I, I know I forgot a lot from the '80s, but I was glad to pull that out there. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, this song is is paired up a lot uh, with Even Flow. They'll play Even Flow either before or after it, and and a lot of times they'll or sometimes they'll follow this up directly with Not for You. They'll like kind of just roll right into it sometimes, and I think those right. really pair well thematically with the song. Yeah, uh, and there was a couple I saw. Uh, looked like it was fall. It followed Wishlist a few times, which I thought that was an odd uh, pairing. Mm-hmm. And I and a couple times he paired it after uh, the first time I saw it was in Denver, and that was the same show, the Bush Leaguer incident. But he had he had done an improv before that I think later became sort of known as Don't Drive Me. It was a whole song about a gas guzzling SUV, and he mm-hmm. followed it up. They played mm-hmm. Green Disease right after that, and they did that again a couple weeks later. It's, uh, you know, and I think, I mean, you know, teach their own tastes, right? But this this might be a top 10 song for me. I think the song's really underappreciated. I really I really like it. It's simple, but it, it rocks. It's it's fast. It's great. It's it's tight, and it's uh, it's just, it's a, it's a really, I mean, I know thematically it might not be a fun song, but it's, it's really just, uh, you know, I, I, I like it a lot. It's it's that's why I wanted you know happy to talk to you about it because I it's 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 I think it gets forgotten a lot you know mm-hmm. Riot Act has the ability to swallow some of its own there's so many tracks on there it's like it's just there's so much on that record and and I think it just sometimes gets lost it's only like a two and a half minute mm-hmm. song so it just kind of disappears you know. <laughs> Twice as long as Lucan and, you know, <laughs> half as long as, 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 you know, most of their stuff, but it's, yeah, I like this. I like it a lot. Yeah. And Jeff really has a, uh, a kind of room to shine in there as he's kind of doing runs up the, uh, the fretboard and stuff like that. saying that it kind of sounded like it was a matt song i think when they first uh recorded this they were doing the demo or laying the backing tracks or something it was just ed jeff and matt doing it and like you listen to the uh to the record version and you can really tell it's like okay yeah like those three it's basically just those three parts and then kind of other guitars are kind of like just like thrown in there but it's kind of it is just a real three-part sort of song well i guess the vocals so four i guess <laughs> yeah no you're, you're you're right though because you listen to a live version of these now and there really is just uh yeah the 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 guitar parts from either stone or, or mike are really just kind of just incidental um, kinda... add some depth and maybe add some depth but it's you know they, they you know you don't want to say it'd be fine without it but you're right it is really drum bass vocal and just that you know ed's guitar just plucking a note you know for each mm-hmm. beat uh, there's a there's a more musical term than that, but that's what I came up with. <laughs> Plucking a note for each beat. Yeah, there's not real like a not really a mic sort of solo or anything like that in it. It's, no, it's just no. A, your, your sort of punky Pearl Jam song. Yeah, you know, and 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 um, you talk about that the great lyric though. You know, tell the captain the boat's not safe, and you know he's the one making waves. It just kind of makes you go hmm. 
<laughs> from some of what we've uh, come yeah. out of. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, it's all, yeah, we can get into it. Let's go. It kind of reminds me of the, um, of the movie starring the late Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World, where uh, I haven't seen the money, but I've like heard this clip or something like that of, you know, he's this big, huge, what is he, like the, uh, the Getty or something like that from the Getty Foundation okay. or whatever, who owns Getty Images, you know, which is what most people know and stuff. Right. But um, yeah, and like his, I believe is it's his grandson gets kidnapped. And so then... I think it's his daughter who um, okay. who it is, and like she and she's saying like you know they're holding him for ransom because they know you know you have money, so you know we got to give money and everything, and he's just very like ah uh, no. They will do things to Paul that cannot be undone for any amount of money. We have to pay. This simply isn't possible. My financial position has changed. Really? I mean, thirty seconds ago you said it was a good day. I mean, I'm not all that bright, but I can multiply as well as you. With oil up as much as it was this morning, you have amassed another fortune. Well, what if the embargo is lifted and oil were to crash? I'd be exposed. I have never been more vulnerable financially than I am right now. Mr. Getty, with all due respect, nobody has ever been richer than you are at this moment. I have no money to spare. What would it take? I mean, what would it take for you to feel secure? more and and the movie is pretty much just about like how he doesn't want to get, he doesn't want to pay <laughs> ransom he doesn't you know want to give any of his money away you know it's just sort of like the uh i, I don't know how uh how how much of a a nerd you are but it reminds me of like smog in the hobbit sure and just hoarding money and there's uh what's it called the dragon sickness or something like that where it's kind of like oh you know you're around all this money and all of a sudden you start getting greedy and you're you're just uh it it, it perpetuates itself it, you you just have to have more and more and more yeah you get suspicious of everybody and you're just kind of like oh no everybody's gonna take it from me oh no i can't you know and it's like this is like so much more than anybody could ever spend on anything or something you know like uh what is it brewster's millions right <laughs> is the movie where it's like oh you have to spend this amount of money in order to get even more money right yeah what was that it was richard Pryor and uh yeah what was that uh and was it gene wilder you had to spend a million dollars a day for 30 days or you were yeah i remember that movie yeah That's it was like and you had to spend it you couldn't give it away or something like that right <laughs> which you know kind of goes with all oh, well you know right <laughs> that's yeah i haven't thought about that movie in a fat minute and what is it here in here in nevada there's no uh no state income tax there's no state corporate tax everybody's uh, you know we want to you know oh yeah tesla come down you know you don't have to pay this money amazon oh yeah come yeah come on down to the stuff yeah google yeah they're bringing a bunch of google stuff coming on down here now yep it's the uh well you know nevada's kind of a you know we're a fun little place uh especially for i mean uh, there's not <laughs> you can't, there's a lot of green disease and a lot of folks visiting the state that's mm -hmm. for sure <laughs> Still, they want more. Still, they take more. Yeah. But generally, but generally, they leave more, and we appreciate them for that. Yeah, <laughs> we hope because that's. I mean, and with the the casinos being shut down from uh, from coronavirus, you know, it's kind of like, oh, there goes pretty much all the money for the state because you know it's it's all gaming taxes how we get the money. So if there aren't people here gambling, then yeah, we get nothing. 
That's right. So they've been trying so hard. It's like, oh, we got to open up. We got to open up. Oh, we got to, we got to do this. We got to right. make sure that. That's right. But, but yeah. So we got to, we got, right. We have, we have to get, uh, you know, how much money did they spend putting, you know, plastic fiber, you know, plexiglass barriers every, between everything, just so that they could start the machines taking, uh, you know, taking money in again. It's, uh, it, it is. I don't know if they've broken even yet, but I think in their minds that that they have because as long as there's cash flow, they they feel that positive mm-hmm. energy, even though it's caught it how you know how much it's costing them just to take people's money. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting study for sure. Yeah, and now there's uh, talk of opening the state up to innovation zones, where it's basically you know a company like a company town where it's kind of like okay yeah move here you make the laws you do whatever you want and uh i guess gives jobs to people or something i well so okay so no so i'm glad so i had just seen i just saw the news about this innovation zone thing this week and is that and it wasn't making sense to me but i guess that's what you've said does make some sense because there's billions of acres of nothingness around it that's around between you and i Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so eight, hour, eight hours of driving yeah there is a solid eight hours of you know but that, by the way that mars rover i think it's just here in nevada i don't believe it's <laughs> i don't believe it's on mars it looked a lot like 20 minutes out of vegas to me but yeah i guess that makes sense if one of these companies wants to well they had talked about that battery you know the yeah the tesla battery man i guess yeah innovation zone greed take a create your own city and just do whatever you want that is a that, it's a wild it's it's almost like uh, going back to the mid 1800s i guess just set, mm-hmm. settle up here and create your own frontier yeah and i think it's um interesting it's a uh, the blockchain company or something like that blockchain llc which is uh, the people which is the uh, the technology that okay. um cryptocurrency is built on and uh and the new nfts if you've uh if you've, if you've uh, heard about that oh i have i don't even yeah. i'm too old <laughs> like i don't even get it i you know i don't i'm gonna buy something that doesn't exist and i'm gonna tell someone it's worth more i, I don't i don't know yeah yeah you got you got money to throw around and uh i guess that's what it comes down to <laughs> yeah it's yeah i know it's yeah the uh, didn't I just see? Uh, didn't um, what band was it? Uh, someone just released Kings their. Of Leon. Uh, who, um, thank you. Yeah, Kings of Leon just reduced, released their album as an NFT. I'm like, so you're saying I can buy this if I wanted to on Amazon for what twelve ninety nine or something like that, or I can go to the record store and get it for thirteen, fourteen bucks, whatever. But you're saying you think it might be worth more ten years down the road. I mean, or it could be worth less. I mean, are you, is it? It's like the it's like the used record store. Is it going to be you know the ninety nine cent bin where there's mm-hmm. you know 500 <laughs> 500 copies of uh you know bonham or you know some some live you know, throwing <laughs> copper thank you yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly yeah 500 copies of throwing copy for 90 copper for 99 cents or is it going to be you know i don't know i don't get the nfts i'm i'm too old um one of the things about the song is that it's uh during the tour uh for the album i think they kind of uh created the logo i guess for this song or something the 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 artwork the album artwork is sort of like the skeleton sort of um sculptures that they have and they kind of have crowns and stuff on them and then they had like a skull they would have like an icon of like the skull green skull crown sort of thing and that was like the the green disease symbol yeah the green disease t-shirt and i like i uh 
I always wanted one and didn't get one. And, you know, I remember seeing them at, uh, I think I remember seeing them on a back wall, like hot topic or something. I'm like, I need to go grab one of those. And I, I never did. The green disease logo was great. And there was, um, I'm trying to find my little note on it. I remember there was a little disclaimer explaining on, on the shirt. There was a little tag that explained what it was. I don't have it in front of me now, but it was, um, Oh yeah. Oh, you know what? I have that because I got the sort of like hockey okay. jersey thing that I got here. Let me let me let me go grab it and see what it says. Brandon's currently going through his closet to find the shirt. Yeah, it's like a warning tag. It says warning theft and hoarding of wealth at the expense and disregard of the livelihood and well-being of the masses will result in a complete and total loss of compassion for any other living being and will blacken your heart. There you go. All on an $80 jersey. <laughs> I don't know if it was that much. It was definitely, I think, at least 50 Right, that I would, that I would happily pay for. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, speaking of that, I did kind of want to go, to, go off on, on that a little bit. Because um, this year they were supposed to go on tour. Right. And they have released a bunch of the posters for, like, those dates and some T-shirts. And then there's, like, been some weird things like baseball bats and right. specialized posters for, like, the streaming events and stuff like that. Do you view that as as just them trying to make a buck? Uh, there's, you know, people say it's like, oh, you know, it's it's whatever forty bucks for the uh, for the fan club thing. We don't even get the single anymore. It's just oh, it's just a t-shirt, you know, which is you know it at least can be in like twenty dollars or something like that. It's like oh, and and you get a bootleg, which you know they sell for ten dollars, so it's like thirty bucks of the thing, pretty much. I guess you could say, right? Um, and it's I don't know, like I, I get I can see a lot of people out there who are just kind of like, oh, you know, they're just in it for the money. And well, I don't know about just in it for the money, but it's like, oh, they take advantage of their fans because of these things that they try to sell. And only, you know, the people who are willing to, you know, and there's all these people who flip the posters and stuff like that, too, who, you know, buy as many as they can and just sell them on eBay. And the people who really want them, you know, who went to those shows to get um, who want a souvenir or something like that, you know, can't get them. And now it's like, oh, I got to pay sure. an exorbitant price just because everybody wants the posters and all that sort of stuff yeah you know i yeah you know we talked earlier about what really is greed and it's you know hurting someone at the expense of of others we got well at least that was sort of my take on it and you know i i think a lot of people forget that you know this pearl jam is a business Mm -hmm. and you know we can you can sit here and think that for the last 30 years, every show should be drop in the park and it should be free. And we should just all be able to go and, and, you know, just have a free for all. But I, yeah, I remember when the shows were 20 bucks. I mean, the, the, here was the deal. I mean, those posters for the shows were printed so we can shred them and put them in a landfill. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can, you know, it's not like the, you know, I don't imagine that some of the third world countries where they donate the losing Super Bowl shirts are going to appreciate a whole, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to want to have posters. So in, in an effort to, you know, support their business, which is, you know, more than just five guys on stage and more than just, you know, roadies and stuff, there's a whole enterprise. And so to keep the income coming in to sell them to fans, I mean, the fact of the matter is they sold out of most of them. I think almost every one of those posters is gone. So that tells you that there are fans that were making you know, you always have a choice on how you want to spend your money. You don't have, no one told you you had to buy it. So I, I so for me, I don't have, I don't think it's greedy. You know, I, I don't, that they're, that they're selling that stuff. I think it's, 
you know, we everyone always wants a little bit more for a little bit less. And, you know, I know that there's people that get all upset about the singles and yeah, like you said, well, that's still 40 bucks, but now I'm not getting a vinyl, you know, seven inch, but you know, I don't have a, I don't have a turntable. So, I mean, I've got a stack of these singles that I've never opened, but I wanted, <laughs> you know, I wanted to have, I wanted to a show, you know, more support to, you know, it's, it's, is it any different if you're putting the guy that puts $2 in the offering plate at the church or the guy that puts 20, I mean, you know, I'm putting, so I'm putting the 20 in for my church and at, you know, which is the Pearl Jam, church of Pearl Jam, if you will. And it doesn't bother me, but so, no, I mean, if it was, you know, and plus before all this, you know, COVID stuff started, I mean, the tickets for those shows were a hundred, it was like, it was a hundred bucks. I think it was like a hundred or 105 bucks for everybody in this, everybody in the place. And at the exact same time you had tool touring, like for, you know, the, um, oh God, uh, fear and the latest album. Inoculum. Thank you. Fear inoculum. And those tickets were like 220 bucks. Oh, wow. You had, you had black crows were getting ready to do their, 25th anniversary, whatever, shake your moneymaker tour and their tickets were over $200. So that to me is more greed. I mean, you're going to pay a hundred bucks for a Pearl Jam show. You know, you're going to get three and a half hours of just in your face from the heart. And, you know, greed is more, you know, coming to Vegas to go see, you know, uh, they just announced this week that Katy Perry is going to have residency at the new hotel and tickets are going to be 400 bucks. And it's going to be, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a Vegas show. It's going to be like 90 minutes. So yeah, the same songs every night. Yeah, the same songs every night for like 300 bucks, 400 bucks. Like that's, that's greed Mm -hmm. to me. So no, I, you know, as long as the band is is trying to keep people employed, and like I said, there's I think a lot of times people forget that there's more people than uh, you know Ed, Jeff, Stone, Mike, Matt, Boom, and you know you know managers and so on. There's a there's a whole enterprise of folks that are making this thing churn. You know, I think I think the only thing fans have wanted this past year, and I can't speak for all of them, is that they think you know everyone's like, well, why can't you do some sort of a Instead of you know recirculating the you know the, the the home shows on a video stream or the ten you know the Philadelphia show on a stream, why can't you just get in a warehouse and 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 jam some of these new songs for us? And you know I heard Ed on a podcast talking about it that it just for him he just felt that you know he, he, it's hard for him to do that without getting anything back from a crowd. So to just feel like he's in a studio just making songs, not knowing how the not knowing how his audience is receiving it is difficult. And I get that. Mm-hmm. In, so no, again, long-winded answer. I don't think it's greedy. I think it's just business, and there's a difference. You know, the consumer, the consumer always has a choice as to how to spend their money. And so, if you spend your money and then bitch about it, well, then you know that's that's on you. If you if they, if they price, you know, they, Pearl Jam has sold many things that I haven't bought because it just wasn't whatever. It wasn't a fit for me. I didn't feel it was worth it. I didn't whatever. But so, you know, I don't just sit here and you know a, you know anything that's on the site. I don't own. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I own what I want to own and I get what I want to get. And like I said, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I wish, darn it. I would, uh, I would, I would hurt somebody to get their green disease t-shirt. I'm that <laughs> greedy for it. That's, but uh, no, I don't, I think it's okay. I don't know. I think that kind of maybe goes along with the, um, kind of like the, the, the hoarding mentality with it too. It's, it's just sort of like, Oh, you know, it's a Pearl Jam thing. I need to do all this other sort of stuff. It's, it's, it's basically just a strange biological instinct for us to not, not necessarily collect, but sort of, well, 
well, you know, maybe because, you know, there's a, there's a hunter gatherer part in our brain where it's yeah. kind of like, oh, you know, there's stuff I got to get and, you know, I need to be secure. So, you know, I need to make sure I have food, need to make, you know, and if you can get food regularly and everything like that, that's not going to, you know, be a problem for you. It's kinda, so it's kind of like, okay, well, then what else can I do? It's like, oh, I can get Funko Pops or I can get vinyl or something. I, I just got to collect and have stuff I got to obtain. I have to consume. I have to, you know, participate in commerce. It's just this weird sort of just part of our brains that right. misfire from just having our basic Maslow needs met. And so it's kind of like, okay, well then what, what am I going to do? Because, you know, I'm going to feel uneasy then and I'm going to have this anxiety and people do have anxiety. Right. And it's kind of just a weird, just being a lizard brain animal something that <laughs> you know no you know you're you're right though because and i never really thought about that because there is absolutely a that mentality of of wanting to wanting to have more of something than someone else like when i was retail in, therapy what right oh, yeah. when i was in when I was in, you know, my mid twenties, driving all Pearl Jam was getting going. I mean, oh my God, I was, you know, I was dropping every spare dollar I had at, you know, Tower Records, and for what? I mean, so I, you know, I used to show people like, look at how many CDs I have, and most of those CDs were shitty and had like one <laughs> good song on it, you know. But it, you're right, and you know, some people want to collect, yeah, Funko Pops or cookbooks or whatever, and they, and you do it, and why, you know, do you do it because, you know. Is it serving you something other than just your own sense of self gratification? You know, self gratification that you bought this. It's a, it's a really interesting point. And I, I know for me, it's just personally hard to like. I'll like say at the end of the episode or something like that. It's like, oh, if you want to give me a couple bucks or something like that for making the podcast or something like that as a th uh, thank you or whatever. It's kind of like ah, you know, it's like I hate asking people <laughs> for for money or anything, but it's kind of like right. ah, you know everybody else does and you know other people have patreons and that sort of stuff and it's kind of like ah you know there's i i don't i wouldn't want to ask people it's kind of like oh hey if you give me some money i'll let you have a song of your choice or something like that on episodes kind of like well if you're giving me money for something that i'm making and asking other people for it's kind of like why would i not pay you then it's and it, it really started bugging me when I first started thinking about doing this podcast is like, you know, I want to pay the people who are on the show, you know, I want to do something because without talking to other people, I'm not going to be able to do this the way that I want to. And I let people, you know, other podcasts will let people have plugs and, and that sort of stuff. And it's not like we're doing real hard work. And I'm not, you know, getting any money basically and right. the money that i have been getting at least uh since since COVID 19 it is i've been uh giving to the uh the food bank the local food bank up well, here well right and you've mentioned that so i mean you know i think that you know what you're doing is not i mean you're 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 letting people you're not you're not necessarily looking for money and you know you've made it clear that you're giving back to the community uh so that's you know that's incredible and awesome and you know if God, wouldn't it be great if everyone could do that? <laughs> just, mm -hmm. <laughs> to, if, you know, if everyone could just right off the bat, like whatever cause, you know, whatever, whatever cause or belief or whatever, if they just put a little bit back into the community or something, you know, so what you're doing is admirable. I don't, you know, I, I understand, you know, what you're saying about, you know, asking for this or that. And there comes a point where you just want to, I mean, you're just, I mean, if you had set out to do this as a business, you know, you might have said you 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 would have sought sponsorships and there'd be commercials and yeah, so yeah. on and so forth. 
but to do what you do and to say, Hey, if you want to, you know, go to Kofi, you know, and throw a few bucks, that's great. And you, in fact, and then what you do is you go ahead and you put it right back into the community. You're not, you know, you're, you're, you're helping yourself by helping your community. So I think that's noble and awesome and great. Yeah. And then, you know, I think in the beginning I bought, I was able to get uh betterbandpod.com with that. So it's easy for sure. people to find. And I got a, I got a, a mic stand. <laughs> too. Yeah. I mean, you didn't, you didn't go buy a studio. You didn't, uh, yeah. Like you say, you're not, you know, you're not withholding material, uh, from people that was a big car that just went rushing by if you heard that i'm sorry uh that, but you know you're not withholding material and saying well i'll give you i'll give you more if you give me more that's you know that, that's that's where it becomes a little uncomfortable for me and you you own a business right i do own a business i do and, and so you kind of have a, a, an insight on taking care of people with the money that you get and everything like that too right well, yeah. So, you know, kind of the point you might be making, I mean, I own a restaurant. I think many people know that I own a fast food sort of restaurant. And one thing that people like with fast food is French fries. And one thing that people like with French fries is ranch dressing. Well, it says on my menu that a side of ranch dressing is 50 cents. And I can tell you that if I charged everybody for every cup of ranch I gave out, I'd have a really big house. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you know, cause half the time people are like, Hey, do you got some ketchup or do you got some ranch? And I just give it to them. Cause it's like, you know, what's the point? First of all, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to run up a transaction for 50 cents and then have the credit card company take, you know, 25 cents. It's not mm -hmm. worth my time and effort. So it's like, just, yeah, let's just make a happy guest. Let's just make the world a happier place. So my wife and I are all the time thinking like, do you know how much more we'd have if we charged for ranch? Well, we'd have this. And what would it, what would it mean? It wouldn't mean much to anything. You know, the people keep coming back and I'd rather see a smiling face three times in a week. And they ask me for a thing of ranch. I don't really care. It's no big deal. <laughs> You know, and, and you have to put it all in perspective. I mean, you know, it, it caught, it, you know, especially in a COVID world, you know, and most people probably don't realize what restaurants are like in a post COVID world, but you know, the, the pair of uh, gloves that I have to put on my hand to make your food cost me five times as much as they did a year ago, mm -hmm. five times as much. It's all garbage. It's all stuff. You know, I buy, you know, the to-go containers, they're all like four times more expensive. So I'm buying, I'm spending gobs more money on stuff that goes right into the landfill, you know, which is weird, but that like I, as the business owner, have to spend more, but I'm not passing that expense on to the people. And I'm not saying that to be noble. It's just, I hope that this, you know, wave will ride out a little bit, but it's like, you know, it's, it's a weird, weird dynamic, you know, and you're, so for me to say, well, yeah, I'm going to charge you more, but the fact of the matter is these, you know, the costs that have gone up for me now, they're probably not going to go down. These yeah. things aren't like commodities per se, like the companies that says, well, we charge this much for gloves now. They're just, that's going to be the baseline price <laughs> forever. So, you know, if, uh, if legislation gets passed and so on that raises a minimum wage and things like that, you know, yeah, I'm going to have to probably adjust my prices with, you know, like a lot of businesses do with a, you know, nickel here or a quarter there to just keep the margins similar, but no, I'm not going to, I've seen places that are out there when COVID first started, I saw people, you know, restaurants were charging like a $5 surcharge because of, you know, it cost us more for sanitizer and it cost us more for gloves. I'm, that's stupid. I'm, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm just not. I've seen, I've seen places that still do that. You know, well, there's a $5 uh, to go package uh, charge. Like just really, mm -hmm. really? That's, that's, that to me is being greedy. Yeah, and Pulse too. Some, like sometimes you just gotta like be like, uh, what's what's the in in the in the long run? What's going to be better is you know 
making somebody upset because like, oh, I had to pay 50 cents for a ranch or something like that. And then they leave you a bad review. And then right. it's it's kind of it's like, oh, it just kind of steamrolls from there. And it's kind of like, oh, geez, like everybody, everybody's hurting now and everything. And everybody's trying to do what they can. And, and you know, and, and some people me and my wife and I have been working through this whole thing and it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of like, Oh man, I wish I could have had, a, you know, some time off, but right. you know, then I wouldn't have any money and any and everything. And it would be kind of uh, you know, dire straits there. But then it's, it's sort of like, okay, right. well, finally essential workers or whatever are, are getting the vaccine and stuff. So it's, so it's kind of like, okay, well, I guess that's one benefit <laughs> yeah. of it. And, and I know I'm not going to, I'm not going to look that gift horse in the mouth and I mean, okay, well, hell, finally, um, I'll, I'll take something that's owed to me. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Like you, you know, I, I haven't, I, I feel odd because yeah, since, you know, since, uh, March of 2020, aside from me having to do some reconfigurations in my dining room or close off my dining room or whatever for a time, I my life hasn't changed. I still get up seven days a week and I'm still going to work essentially seven days a week. And I don't say that to gloat or anything because my you know because I still have income because I know that there's people out there that don't and are suffering. I say it just because for me it just didn't from that level it didn't affect me. I've seen it you know mentally affect mm-hmm. me and it's you know men you know and all that stuff. But I've been fortunate in that aspect that it hasn't you know been you know done that. And you know you meant you know you mentioned I mean I yeah I could sit here and be a jerk and say it's fifty cents for the ranch dressing. Then that guest just isn't coming back. Well any any business that has the model of we'll take every customer once and only once is not going to succeed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you need to have, you want to always have repeat business and you want those people to the best advertising is when those people tell their friends. And so you just want that to perpetuate. So mm-hmm. when you're like, oh, that place is great. You know, the food's good, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's, that's the win. Right, Cause there's, there's, there's a difference between saying, you know, I, either I want something or I need to make a living and saying that, well, I'm doing that at the expense right. of anybody else, I guess. You know, I, as long as I get mine, then everybody else can go pound sand. That's right. That's right. That would be, you know, that's where the, that's where the Katy Perry comes in at 400 bucks and says, you know, <laughs> Lady Gaga was getting 200 bucks a ticket. So I'm going to get 400, you know, that's for the, you know, for what same length, same amount of show, same amount of lip syncing, same amount of whatever. And, uh, you know, you're just getting twice as much because I guess you feel that you can, and you feel you deserve more. That's yeah, exactly. That's at the expense of yeah. everybody. Well, I think we're we're all fired up now, so I think yeah. we're, it's 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 uh, it's time to wrap it up, right? <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, see, we didn't even talk about the whole GameStop thing and all that nonsense. But that's. But, that, but that's, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go put on my 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 Robin Hood hat and take a few bucks from the rich and try to give it back to the poor. I think that's uh, that's that's the that's the thing to do. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we're wrapping this up as everybody knows by asking Bob, what does Pearl Jam mean to you? I, uh, I knew you were going to ask me this and I thought I had a really great answer, but you know, I think for me, Pearl Jam is just a, they're just a a guiding light. It's almost like, they're almost like a soulmate in a way. It's kind of like a marriage because I, when I finally connected with their music and the environment in which I did, I knew what I got out of it. I knew how it made me feel. And it just, you know, I wasn't getting that from uh, Guns N' Roses. I wasn't getting that from, I mean, I enjoyed the music, but I wasn't getting a 
my, my heart didn't feel full. I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't, I was always wanting something that just connected. And then there was a connection with their music. And, you know, I've just followed it ever since. And there's, you know, there's been some stuff that has meant more to me. There's been some stuff that just maybe didn't resonate. There's been some stuff I didn't like, but I still, over all these years, even that, even that stuff I didn't like, I still listen to it now. And with more years under my belt, more experience under my belt, I, I'm like, okay, I can appreciate that. Still, you know, still might not be my favorite song or what have you, but they have just always served up art and music and lyrics that just um, help me, I feel, help me live a better life for myself. They, they, they bring me joy, they bring me pleasure. And, you know, and in times when I read their, you know, when, as I stated earlier, I started reading the lyrics with this song. When I start reading them now, I'm like, there's something there. And I just feel a full, you know, a full connection. So they're just kind of a, they're just a, like a guiding, they're like a North Star in the compass for me. They're just a, a guiding force that I can always kind of if i'm lost or if i'm looking i can go to pearl jam and i'll find i'll find i'll find my way yeah and it's not like anybody you're saying is like oh i thought i had a real good answer it's not that you know there is a right answer <laughs> you know or that right. somebody's no. somebody is a better fan than somebody else if they have you know a different answer or that anybody needs to it's just sort of you know right. every you know there are different things that mean different things to different people and this 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 is a Pearl Jam podcast, so I'm just <laughs> asking yeah. asking about Pearl Jam. Yeah, and, you know, no, yeah, they're my they're my north star. They're my uh, they're they're when I'm when I'm lost. That's what I look to, and uh, they help me find my way. Hell yeah! Well, thanks for coming on, Bob. It's always good talking with you. It's great talking with you, Brandon. Always a pleasure, and uh, you know, just appreciate what you do. Thanks so much. Well, thanks, 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 thanks all around. Thanks to everybody. The Better Brand Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All Music Plate is owned by their respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Better Band Pod. I'm on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Bob and as always, this is Brandon saying, Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such cartoons as Christmas Ape and Christmas Ape Goes to Summer Camp.